Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, you've wandered on to the VUC, a weekly conference produced by IP Communications and VoIP Community. We would like to thank Simwood.com. Simwood can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is from Onsip.com. You can get a URL that people can click to call you at Onsip.com slash GetOnsip. Speaking of SIP, we use the best PSTN and SIP conference bridge in the world, ZipDX.com. Our website at VUC.me is on Bluehost.com. And thanks to Voxbone for our world local rate dial-ins. And as you can see, this is VUC 645 for May 12th. 2017, and I wanted to tell you how much you should be at Camellia World starting 2018. We don't have the date yet, <laughs> but we've all just gotten back, and um, it was fantastic. And we'll maybe get into a little bit of that uh, much later. Right now, we're talking media soup. I'm going to pass it over to Michael for the intros. Okay. Uh, I am going to uh, start by um, pointing out how this came to my attention, which was kind of... Um Sort of a back channel kind of thing. Um, I saw a tweet, and in the tweet there was this video conferencing tool or video chat tool that I had not seen before, and and there was a it looked neat, and uh, the tweet included this picture, and the picture included a URL, and what did I do? But immediately go over to that URL, and lo and behold, something entirely new and interesting and available, and um, so I go to our friendly wire chat, drop a URL in, and before you know it, we have three or four VUC regulars having a chat on this thing called Media Soup that we had never seen before. And so I'm poking around the website, looking at things, and, and lo, it's uh, from Jose and Inez. And these names are familiar to me, although I, I think I've seen you on the VUC once or twice before. We've never met. So I immediately fire off an email to Inez and saying, would you like to come talk about this fantastic new project? And here we are. <laughs> and so welcome, Inez, and thank you for, for coming along, and um, and Jose as well. And I'm going to start, I know we've been through this before, but I'm going to start with the usual start, and that is, could you tell us something about how you came to be where you are, your beginnings in technology, and, and kind of the path? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let me start. Uh, well, that's uh, that's easy. That's a uh, that's a history. Uh, basically, I started in the VoIP the VoIP world. I mean, VoIP with PBX, Asterisk, uh, C protocol, things like that. Uh, I spent uh, maybe four, even six, six years uh, on on that. Uh, then I I got interested about um, WebSocket and. Uh, WebRTC, when it was about uh, just a, a draft, there was there was uh, no implementation yet. But of course, uh, it has some kind of future and interesting future for for adding multi uh, video and audio capabilities to the browser. So I I interested I get, I got interested into it and started uh, playing with it. Um, 
José, José Luis and me, in fact, uh, uh, tried to, to uh, join both worlds, the VoIP and the, and the web. So we did two things uh, regarding that. We, uh, we wrote uh, RFC, the WebSocket uh, transport for the SIP protocol. Uh, that is widely de uh, deployed uh, today. In, there are many implementations, uh, server-side, client-side, inclu including our own implementation, which is JSZIP. So it basically opened the, the door for VoIP, real VoIP, I mean, using the SIP protocol into the, into the web. And then, we, in fact, we did that before uh, WebRTC came uh, and became real. So... Um, after maybe one year, uh, WebRTC was already available, uh, very experimental, but it, it was already working. So, so well, we 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 just uh, went more into it. Um, well, uh, then uh, after some time, we got even more interested in things that you can do in in the browser, uh, in web within web application, more than just VoIP. I, I think VoIP is, of, of course, is, is something cool and it's interesting, but at the end. You feel that that with just VoIP you you end just doing things for telephony, and it doesn't matter how how much interesting things or interesting stuff you do at server side with uh, platforms, Camaelios, uh, uh, things like that. Uh, at the end, the problem is that, uh, in my opinion, uh, what you see in the client side is just a phone. Uh, it's a basic phone, like like so many years ago. No much difference. Uh, still, the more uh, advanced feature uh, you can get with it is some video conferencing, but it, it doesn't work in the PSTN network. So at the end, you just get audio and, and uh, DTMF, things like that. So, well, I think that our interest in WebRTC uh, became higher, uh, bigger than, than before. Uh, and then we have a, missed, uh, a missing piece in, for, for making interesting things, and it was the server side. We both were interested into multi-video conferencing, and well, we started this project, MediaSoup, just as a, uh, a side project. I mean, at the beginning, um, we have spent many years into it, and well, now it's real. Uh, we have the first version. We are working on on new features for the second version. And, well, that's basically my my history. So let's Jose tell. Yeah, let's, let's, Jose, and, and how do you, what's your path? Is it parallel? Is it different? Uh, that, and what do you see in this? So my path is uh, really parallel to Yaki's. Uh, in fact, uh, we met uh, for, the, for the first time, like, uh, I think uh, six years ago, we started working together. Uh, I, I, I started with Voice over IP playing with uh, Asterisk. I joined a company. Uh, which was uh, creating a PBX on top of Asterisk. And then I moved a bit more to the core of SIP, to the SIP protocol itself. I started playing with Camelio as well. Uh, by that time, I met Iñaki, and we started to to write uh, JSIP. He was already writing uh, an outbound proxy, which is called uh, OverSIP. And it was a proxy that was uh, aimed to be used for with uh, WebSocket as as a transport for SIP, and hence we made the, the client part, which was a JSIP, and uh, parallelly uh, the uh, WebSocket uh, RFC came to play. And, and yes, as, just as Iñaki said, uh, uh, a missing piece was there. 
which was the media, the media side on the server side. And that's how we started uh, with Mediasoup until today, which uh, we will later uh, see a, a demo of it. Yeah, yeah, most, most excellent. And and so, what were your goals then in in, in launching MediaSoup? Where are you taking it? What what what? Well, what? First of all, let's start with what is it? We've been talking about it, but what actually is it? Because there will be people watching who are not developers necessarily, um, but perhaps perhaps people who are, are invested in this space, uh, you know, financially or or from a management point of view. Yeah, so let's so, lay it out. Uh, WebRTC is a server-side uh, WebRTC. Uh, sorry, MediaSoup is a server-side WebRTC engine. I think that's how how uh, we define it. Uh, it's uh, signaling agnostic. It doesn't speak uh, C. It doesn't uh, talk any other uh, protocol. Uh, it provides an API and uh, it allows you creating a bit connection, a streams, audio streams, video streams. Uh, it uh, follows the ORTC the standard and um, and yeah it's a uh, super flexible uh, and it's not uh, constrained to what we already know about uh, about uh, voice over ap it's it's a, a webrtc engine Iñaki? yeah in fact um, well just just to clarify when jose uh, says that the media super provides with an api um, we, we mean that he provides with a JavaScript API because he is at the end MediaSoup is just a Node.js module, a library that uh, can be integrated into a uh, larger application. Um, and yes, uh, the fact that we don't provide with any kind of signaling protocol, HTTP or nothing like that, WebSocket or C protocol, nothing. Uh, I think that we, now that we have uh, released the first version and we have some some users uh, testing it and playing with it and building application. And we have uh, realized that most of them, that uh, most of them are from, from China and, and, and Japan, uh, but most of them are not VoIP people. I mean, uh, they are, I don't know, I, I don't know them personally, but uh, they are more people that uh, it seems that they build uh, some kind of web-based uh, applications. Um, maybe they are used to use uh, Node.js in server-side. And they just find MediaSoup a perfect complement for them to just add video multi-video capabilities to their application without having to uh, rebuild uh, from scratch all the client side and server side because they can already extend what they have already working. For example, uh, if you have already an, a Node.js server side application um, for um, chat group, uh, and you, are, you, you already have the channels in which the clients uh, send uh, message to others. Uh, you can reuse su uh, such a channel to just send the MediaSoup uh, information, in, in this case, the SDP, so the multimedia information from the browser. And having that, you, 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 don't, you don't need to build just a specific uh, architecture or things like that for just integrating MediaSoup. Instead, you just use MediaSoup, add it into your... Node.js application, and you got, and you get uh, multi-video conference capabilities. This is, in fact, the if you go back five years, this was the promise of of WebRTC in general. I think is that it was going to take uh, audio and video capabilities to the web, where a vast realm of developers would be able to add those kinds of media handling into things that traditionally had been um, not media enabled. Um, so try and encapsulate the magic of media handling and something that made it easier for everybody. Right? Yes. 
but that's true. But uh, just uh, that may that may be true for P2P calls, call between just two peers. But at the end, the um, WebRTC API in the browser just provides with uh, an API for managing for managing the uh, media engine of the browser. Uh, it's up to you, up to the developer, how to exchange the media information between peers so they can connect. But even more, when it comes to multi-participants uh, conference, um, well, that's more than 10 lines of code to, to, to have it working, be, being honest. Yeah, 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 fair enough. And, and uh, you know, traditionally, the, the video conferencing world was dominated by MCUs, where much media manipulation was done server-side. Um, but this is an SFU, right? This is not that. Yes. Um, so, so before we go into the demo, could you could you tell us um, what what resources are the demo running on? I mean, let's try to understand how much server side resource it has before we look at it. Um, it's a single uh, virtual. Well, it's not a virtual demo, but in fact, it's a virtual machine working on a on a on a server. And honestly, I don't know much about the server. It's a ser okay. server between me and other friends. I can Maybe uh, know more about it. It's a two-core two machine. Uh, it's a KVM processor. We are running under KVM, and and it's a 2,659 megahertz CPU. Okay, so it's a, so it's a modest machine. It's, yes. it's not a yes. It's not the kind of thing I would expect to see handling. You know, MCU functionality typically meant either big CPUs or many DSPs. So this is not. It's a very old server. As far as I know, it's a very old server. So. Yes, we, we plan to, to upgrade, but we don't need it. So okay. what's, the, what's the bandwidth it's sitting on is the other question, I guess. Sorry? What bandwidth is that is that, web, that server sitting on? Uh, good question. I have no idea. Okay. It's a, for your information, it's a OV8. Uh, the provider is the OV8, which is in Paris, in France. And honestly, I, I, don't, I have no idea about the plan. Uh, we have because, in fact, the, the server is owned by a friend of us, and we just pay every year for our part. But we, I, I don't know. I don't know honestly. I have never tried to uh, to to check that. Okay. And and um, how many people have you had? I mean, how many people have you had connected? I see an image. In fact, I'll I'll share the image because I used it in our little title slide. That looks like um, well, that looks like there are a dozen connected, or maybe thirteen. I can't really tell. Was that a sort of a stress test, or how did that image come to pass? Okay, it was uh, such a picture was uh, made uh, two weeks ago in a in the OpenShift uh, summit in Amsterdam. Uh, I was giving a presentation about MediaSoup, so I started the, the demo working in the in the server in the same server that we are gonna run the the demo application. And um, people just just joined the conference, and yes, I must I must admit that is the biggest. Uh, room I have seen with MediaSoup, uh, and there were uh, 16 participants at the same time. And it, it worked, uh, it worked fi uh, fine. Even if the uh, internet connection, the hotel, it, it wasn't very, very, very good, but it behaved uh, correctly. Okay. Well, um, with that, and, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll ask questions, if, if anybody's got questions, jump on in. But if, if we uh, dive into uh, what James Bodie refers to as the dangerous demo, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the room now and see what happens. And so I would ask Randy to, um, to uh, 
go in. Six on my uh, screen, and, and there, there we go. go. We're, We're now, now in there, there. and, and I will unmute that room. So, so we, we actually, actually have the media soup, soup room interwired uh, uh, video. I'm going to take, take the, the audio, audio from the hangout, hangout and, and, and not run it into media, media suit because there's some media loop. Really? Really? Uh, Thanks for that. Sure. I'm not, not sure, sure why, why that was. was. But uh, it could, could be that, that when it was just me testing things out, out it, was it was fine. fine but with you, you all connected, it's not, not fine. So, so um, um, now we're just the media suit room is feeding audio into the hangout, but not the other way around. And um, so, so could you, you describe, describe for us, like, like just, just user interface components? Because there are some things I've noticed if I, if if I click on my little icon here where it says, so look around the camera, so where it says the resolution, it changes. So tell us, you know, the design components of all of this. What's it doing? Okay. Well, first of all, you're muted in Media Soup. Or it's, or it's not, not using your hangouts or your, your microphone. Okay, so headsets are really, really uh, well, you can do things like changing your camera resolution by clicking into your camera resolution, actually. You can mute um, all the others. You can also mute the video coming from others. Um, there is a voice activity detector that you can see in the, the bar of yellow-orange color. And basically, basically that there is no much more. It's just a demo application we provide with the source code for this application, but it's not uh, just the, the best reference of media soup. It's just a demo application. Ah, oh, okay. okay. And that, that would explain, explain why, why we have, have some arbitrary text strings for, uh, for, for labels or for people and such, such like. like. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not hex. No hex. Well, it's okay. It's not hex. It's just text, arbitrary text strings. Yeah. Um, and what are we using? What are we using? So, I, so I, have, I have a question, which is, I have a lot of nice nice data here with lots of good numbers, but I don't believe the available frame Where do you get that from? So mine says available bit rate is 56 kilobits. Now, I'm hoping that's not actually true. So where does that number come from? Okay. Okay. Yeah, so uh, explain to us the source of all this statistical stuff we're seeing. Well, okay, your question is about the bandwidth, uh, the uh, available bit rate you see, right? Um, okay, it depends. Uh, we have, um, that is something that is dynamic, uh, dynamic. Um, in, the, in the demo application, we just manage it in a simple, in a very simple way. We didn't spend much time doing this. I mean, this is just uh, governed, managed by the application, not by MediaSoup itself. In this case, as far as there are uh, more participants into the room, we just de uh, decrease the, the bandwidth, the maximum bandwidth for his video sender. And that's why the most participants join the room, the less bitrate uh, they have for, for the uplink. It's just, again, this is just how the demo works. It's not 
something built in, in MediaSoup, you can uh, apply uh, the logic you, you wish by following your own needs. It's not something that MediaSoup just works in this way. Uh, you can, for example, you can um, give all, um, all the bit rate to, to one participant and, and mute, the, mute the others or set a very low bit rate for all the others or things like that. But that's managed by the application, Luni Media Soup, not by Media Soup itself. Okay, so that's actually really interesting for me because I tried running, I tried running Jitsi on my, uh, over my home link, which is asymmetrical. So uplink and downlink are, are, are different. And if you run Jitsi here, it gets, it kind of doesn't, it gets its bandwidth estimation all wrong because it assumes that pretty much it's sitting on a symmetrical link. Um, like the math doesn't come out right. But but so it sounds like with Media Soup I could just sit down and spend some time writing a JavaScript function that kind of represented what my my local bandwidth was like, and it would make you know that would allow me to tweak it for for my environment. Is that is that right? Yes, you can set the maximum bit rate. Uh, to Hi, be you are unmute, Jose. Unmute yourself if you would. Sorry, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think two video conferences running simultaneously is just. Well, it's more than I, my head can cope with. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Still muted. I hear you fine. I, I, hear, can... I hear him. Yes. Really? How? Maybe you're listening, listening to Hangout Audio. Okay, yeah. go ahead. I'll yeah. hang out. So, uh, yes, this is uh, dynamically adapts um, the, the media sub server. Uh, for each participant, uh, gathers the, stat the, the statistics and generates the, re the remote bitrate estimation. And based on the packet lost and uh, other, other data, tells uh, via RTCP the other end to limit the bandwidth to a certain, uh, certain bitrate that we think we are assuming it's, it's correct. So this will, this will make... Uh, um, the other end use as maximum bandwidth as possible. On the other side, what we are what we are doing here is we are setting a maximum bitrate for the room, meaning that uh, for two people we will use the maximum bitrate available. And as long as more participants uh, come into the into the room, we are dividing the bandwidth of each one. So we are telling to each browser uh, the bitrate that we want to receive through RTC, an RTCP packet. It's called REMB. Okay, so so th does that mean effectively that uh, the 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 video resolution for each of the participants participants drops depending on how many you've got in the in the room? Yes, yes, but that is just code into the demo application. It's just because the demo application we did that just to to test um for things like that. It's not something that media MediaSoup doesn't work in that way. You can make it work in this way, or you can choose your own logic to decide uh, which participants get uh, a higher bit rate. But so the important thing is that you have the handle. I see a premium version here where you, if you pay more, you get clearer pictures of yourself. It could be a feature. But all of that would be aspects of a service rolled out, potentially, or or an implementation of a, of a larger picture. And so the idea of like text chat or, or file exchange or screen sharing or any of that would just be things that would be additionally ra oh hang on oh, that's a chrome yes yeah 
So I I have uh, an, 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 uh, another question, which is very me, my question. You can guess I'm going to ask you about whether, what your, whether you've got any data channel support in the engine. Data channel, data channel. Well, well, we expect we expect that's a question from you. Question from you. Sorry, I, I sorry, I, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, no, we don't implement it. Uh, why? Uh, well, it, uh, I tried to implement it, but uh, I found that uh, the Leaf uh, SCTP library is a multi-thread library, and we we don't like multi-threading. MediaSoup is is multi-process, but it's not multi-threading. Uh, so it will require some hard work to integrate it into MediaSoup, and we could do we could do that in. In fact, but, 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 but uh, at the end, uh, we realized that, realize that uh, uh, when you communicate, when you with, communicate a server, with a server, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter whether, whether you, you use, uh, use uh, 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 data channel, data channel or, or just a web just a web and, and since, since this is just about, just about uh, building an application, application on top of a node, JS engine, it's very easy it's very to do easy a WebSocket. Server in server in node and, node and, and you can and you can create communication with it. With it. Yeah. So so I think that the need for the need for the data channel is much 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 audio into the hangout just a moment ago when, 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 it, when it collapsed. So let's go back to a more traditional approach, and we can carry on talking about this, but we'll, we'll try and simplify our operational existence. That's better. Right. So, so I guess the only reason why you would want um, – so there's two reasons you, you want data channel, one of which is that you get zero round trip creation of new connections, which is – I don't, still don't think you get that on uh, – on um, WebSockets, so you can create a new channel with a different behavior um, with a zero round trip setup. So you can like create a labeled channel of you know um, text chat and then images or whatever, and they don't have to be. It's not one one socket, um, and you can also have different queuing behaviors for different connections. So there's some semantic difference, and then I think the other one is that is that you are in the same it's actually got the same encryption credentials as the the media. Now, in a lot of cases, that makes not much difference, but there might be situations where you care that this file has definitely come from the person who's speaking to you at this, this that instant. It's come over the same encrypted. Well, uh, that's interesting. But in fact, in this de in, in in the demo application, we have uh, we are using the same certificate for DTLS and for the WebSocket. And HTTP. So I don't know if that's fit your needs, but at the end, the encryption is basically done at least with the same certificate in server side, which is something. Okay. Yeah. So you can tell. Uh, okay. So that's true one end, but the other end isn't. So the like the server side is using the same certificate, but there's no no equivalent client side certificate for the WebSocket, whereas there is for. I mean, it's. Down in the detail, but there might be occasions where it, it matters. I can't think of one right now, but you know, banking perhaps or something. We are not again that against data channel. I mean, we are not against that. It's just that uh, we prefer to focus on first on audio and video, um, 
And Data Channel has the difficulty I just uh, told about, the fact that integrating such a library into MediaSoup code is, is not so easy right now. So we just didn't spend much time on it yet. Right. right. If, I, if, I, if I could proffer an idea for a data channel application, I would say far-end camera control would be, in the PTZ instance, would be a really nice thing. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure you really need the data channel for that. I mean, there are advantages, but but you could probably do that over the WebSocket as well. I don't know. Anyway. Most um, interesting. So, so uh, do you know anything? Can you tell us anything more about your application, your your users of it, and what the and maybe even what the business model is? I mean, do you pay? Do they pay a license fee if they have more than hundred thousand users, or how, how does it work? Uh, there is no business model right now. I mean. We are doing this in our spare time. This is a side project, but we are spending more time on it even than on our works. <laughs> um, so for now, it's just a side project, but uh, prof I think that managed in a very professional way. Uh, well, and that's all for for now. I mean, we, we are working on it, and we will be working on on it on it for sure. So that's what where, what it is right now regarding that. Cool, Most excellent. And you yep. say that most of the interest seems to be in Japan and China, but uh, you, I mean, you've really just broken cover recently, isn't it? I mean, how long has it been sort of exposed and, and available to folks? You mean the first version of uh, when the, yeah. when we release? Okay, uh, just maybe uh, one month yeah. and a half, or, or just one month ago, the first version. So yes, and somehow it, it got uh, some kind of interest in in China and Japan. I don't know why. Uh, I know that the, um, in some conference in, in Tokyo, I think um, some of the of the speakers uh, talked uh, talk about MediaSoup, and it was a really great presentation. In fact, I use uh, his slide in my in my presentation right now. Um, I don't know if that is the cause, but sorry. I think that uh, most of the success uh, it's starting to have, and most of the traction comes by the fact that uh, we are not constrained to a certain signaling protocol. We are not constrained to SIP. So we are welcoming everyone, everyone, uh, we're welcoming almost developers and uh, companies that uh, uh, build applications uh, programmatically. So they already have their own uh, way to exchange an uh, SDP, for example. They don't need any, any constraint on that regard. And that's why I think it's been... Uh, it's starting to be so widely used by developers. And that was our intention. Our intention was, okay, let it be usable for traditional voice over IP, but let it be open to any kind of, of development uh, uh, business or application. And I think that's, that's a really, a really hot pot or hot point of, of media soup. Definitely. We think so. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, um, James, you're. Yeah, I was going to. I was going to ask where do you want to go with this. I mean, it's clearly uh, a superb demonstration of your capability and your skills as a WebRTC wizard. But where would you like it to go, and who would you like to work with to make it even better? Uh, so I don't know. We already have a roadmap. We already have even uh, the roadmap is in uh, GitHub somehow. We know what we want for the next steps. Uh, we yeah, need to and what, sorry, what are the next steps? Next steps are uh, among them uh, SVC, simulcast, 
Uh, we are thinking on a client-side SDK, so we make even easier for implementers to use it. That's that's a key, as, as we said before. Uh, we, we want to make it easy for implementers, for people to use it, but but really flexible at the same time. So those are one of uh, some of the next steps in mind. Iñaki, do you? Hmm, okay. Uh, yes, no, basically that um, uh, SVC, uh, Simulcast, um, some kind of broadcasting because, uh, well, this is something funny for me. Um, for example, uh, two weeks ago when I was in Amsterdam, uh, we did some kind of a, a round table with all the participants and assistants to the OpenSIP Summit. Um, they came, some some guys, to, to the WebRTC table and they... It's interesting because all of them were, uh, were interested in, in just a single use case, which is that having a, a single video publisher and many receivers. Well, that's something more related to broadcasting, much more than multi-video conferencing, in my opinion. Media Subin initially uh, was not designed uh, in that way, but given that so many people is, uh, wishing, is, uh, wish uh, such a use case, maybe we we will do something like that, provide some kind of broadcasting or things like that just to to support the, this use case. Okay, so, so, so in summary, it's just a, a, a set of building blocks which people like dear old Tim here will end up incorporating into a robot dog or a doorbell or even a toothbrush. Hmm. I think the, the, the one-to-many use case is really interesting. I mean, because it, it's the thing that, that everyone's, I mean, what we're using to do that is we're pushing it out through YouTube um, and then kind of folding it back in. But if you want to try and make that a subscription service or or if you're like, I mean, I th I'm imagining that a lot of the people who are using this are, gonna, are doing like um, Twitch games and stuff like that. So they're, they're they're videoing a, a live games match of some sort and then sending it out to a to subscribers and that kind of thing. There actually isn't a good. I mean, it used to be the thing you did with with Flash Media Server, but there isn't a good answer for that at the moment. So I think it's a really interesting interesting thing to to be doing. And certainly, we've already proven that the, to be able to take something like we might do here and relay it onward to whether it's Twitch or YouTube or Livestream or Ustream or any of those has uh, quite a lot of value. And this actually, um, Facebook Live is driving a lot of this as um, you'd be surprised from the streaming media community, uh, whether it be churches or civic associations or politicians. I mean, everybody wants to be on Facebook because they all want that massive audience. Mm -hmm. And so tool sets that make that possible are um, are having a nice time right now. Just, um, but it's all just RTMP to a server that's authenticated. <laughs> yeah, but of course, uh, there's a, a subset of people who just don't want to go anywhere near Facebook. And and this sort of tool set is absolutely ideal for people like that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah no, I mean, I, I came across somebody who's using uh, using this sort of thing for, for training videos, distributed training videos within the company. And they're, they're mandatory for, you know, you have to be sure that, that, that your staff have seen this training video and have, and, and have attended the training course. But you don't want to try and pay the hotel expenses for them all to show up in, in wherever it is and, 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 and actually have to sit through the course. You want them to be able to do it from their desks or, or ideally you want them to do it in the evening, actually, when they, you're not paying them. But that's a bit cynical. Mm -hmm. 
No, definitely it's something that uh, must be done because people just ask for futures like this. But it, it is a bit uh, different than the original purpose of MediaSoup, but we must adopt uh, these new use cases. And challenges at the same time. Yes, because they are very different architecture. From the architecture point of, of, uh, point of view, they are very different uh, systems. Uh, I mean, having a video conference with N persons, all of them sending his audio and video and receiving from all the others is much different than having just one publisher and thousand of uh, subscribers. And making that work in real time with no latency is, I, mean, I think that's the, that's the challenge right now. Specifically, why is why do you think? I mean, I know that we don't like we haven't spent a lot of effort doing it, but why do you think it's difficult? Well, because you you must uh, when um, when you do broadcasting, and I am not an expert in broadcasting, but uh, as far as I know, when you uh, every uh, broadcasting solution relies on CDN uh, that cut that uh, half a cache of uh, videos, so subscribers get the cache and. Uh, they can um, put servers into many places and things like that. But when it comes to real time, uh, you cannot have such a latency. I mean, in, in, in common uh, broadcasting system, you have uh, 30 seconds of latency, things like that. You cannot do that in real time. So the architecture is, ma it's ma is much uh, different. And that's why I think that is a real challenge because it's not the same. You, you cannot do the same. With, uh, like if you are just doing uh, HTTP broadcasting or... So there, there's yeah. your business model. You license this to, to Akamai to run onto their servers and uh, and you run a federated thing that uh, exactly. that leaves, leaves it out into um, into the, where it's needed. That's a, actually, that's a, re that's a lovely problem space. Um, not one I can deal with, but, but no, interesting. Um, and... and And actually, with with all of the like the cloud-based services, you could you could bring up like an instance in like oh look, we've got a lot of demand in in Singapore. We'll spring up an instance on a on a cloud server in Singapore and fan it out from there and that kind of stuff. No, interesting interesting technology to be to be looking at. So what what's the what's the latency of of the server kind of bouncing the packets around? How long does it like hold on to them or or Uh, we don't really hold on. We, we relay them directly. Uh, we store we store the RTP packets in order to be able to respond to uh, NACK RTCP requests. But uh, we don't have any kind of uh, jitter buffer uh, nor anything. Uh, we are relaying it uh, everything real time, with that exception of the of the cache for the acknowledgement, negative acknowledgement. Well, we have the NAC, the retransmission buffer, of course, uh, and we have and we ask for uh, lost packet to the to the senders. But uh, being a SF, uh, SFU, you don't need a you don't really need a jitter buffer because you are not the consumer of the video. You just relay the packets, no matter in, in, which, in which order they arrive to the server, and you just forward them to the to the others. And that's true. Yeah, lost them both. Right, you're back. Yeah, so, so I have I have one more question, which is: Do you have a recording solution? Do you have a recommended way of doing server-side recordings? Not yet, not yet. That's also in the roadmap, but okay. uh, it's not implemented. Uh, there are, yeah, there are 
different uh, ways to do it, different uh, different approaches, and we somehow uh, have uh, we don't know how we like to to make it, but uh, yet it's just uh, it's just an idea. We, we don't we don't have an implementation yet, so we are planning on. Well, most most uh, probably it's. Uh, one of the participants of the room is the one who must uh, record the whole the whole room and store it or stream it somewhere. And uh, one of the candidates is uh, it's a browser. The browser itself could be a participant, uh, render the room and store or send the, the stream somewhere. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, so kind of positioning this, you take if you look at the SFUs that are that are out there. There's kind of Jitsi, which is a full application, which would be quite difficult. It's not difficult, but it's not trivial to like customize because it's quite a big sort of completed thing. And then in the middle, you've got got maybe Metecos Janus, which is somewhat more flexible, but it has a like it. it well, partly it's written in C, which makes some people a bit scared, but also it's it's got a a particular use case, and I think it's fairly SIP based. Probably, it's quite. I mean, you can do other things, but it's it likes SIP. And then, then you guys are kind of even more flexible and less of a rounded off application. Is that that a fair kind of uh, trajectory? Yes, 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 definitely. That do describe it uh, perfectly. Uh, yeah. Since the very first moment of the, since the start of the WebRTC, even if uh, we define the SIP over WebSocket transport, and uh, we really know that uh, we were, we uh, this was WebRTC is a web field. It's not a voice over IP field. It's a web field where we are uh, en- uh, enriching the communications, providing communication. That's why we are focused on providing developers of uh, the tools that they are used to use. So we provide an API. And uh, yeah, that's exactly how you described. That's that's the, the approach we are taking. We don't well, know. I, mean, we, we, I don't know if you remember this, but back in on the early mailing lists, you you know, we were we were the people who were saying this is for web developers and can yes, we keep so all of this like um, 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 I don't know how to describe it politely, uh, this 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 history. This legacy stuff out of it, and uh, and we kind of we lost some and we won some. Yeah. Uh, the problem with web uh, developers is, is that they don't vote. It's crazy in the W three C. I mean, you like the ITF, I get, but you would think that the web developers would show up in the W three C, but they didn't. Pretty much, just yeah, Cisco guys. Yes. Well, for, for, uh, fortunately, we don't have SIP running within the browser, which was the first. Uh, um, proposal from Cisco. Yeah, yeah, no, we won that at least. Um, it, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, with that moment of silence, um, we have probably finished with this segment, and I would suggest, because of all the troubles we're having, I'm getting black video on, I've got two machines running and independently on the same network, and they're both getting, losing video, people are getting kicked. We should restart the Hangout uh, our two guests, you guys are v- very welcome to stay with us, but I think we're going to switch topics. But before we end v- Media Soup, let's make sure that everybody knows where to find that. And the uh, URL that I know is mediasoup.org. Uh, do we? Do people need to go to GitHub, or is are all the references <laughs> there? And how do they reach you? And 
Let's let's make sure all the contacts are there at the end here. Or was I muted? Or is everybody else muted? I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. I know I'm in the hangout. Yeah, it's it's, it's about that time, isn't it? What's, what's going on here? Uh, uh, there, because, well, nobody's uh, speaking. Yeah, after so. the fifth or sixth question, um, my SMS finger starts to itch a little bit. Anyway, so Inaki and Jose, really great to see you. And it's, uh, uh, and you're demonstrating your skills as WebRTC wizards yet again. Hey, that was the bleeding edge of the IP communications and VoIP community. We're at VUC.me on the web. Thanks to Simwood.com, who can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is provided by OnSIP.com. The site at VUC.me is on Bluehost.com. We use ZipDX.com for our wideband, full-featured conference bridge. And our local rate dial-ins are from Voxbone.com. Every Friday, 12 noon Eastern Time, see you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.